they win. Okay, got it. I'm going to count us in on, on the four count. All right. One, two, two, three, and ready. Here we go. Yeah. What's going on, man? How are you doing, man? Doing good. Uh, been taking my medication lately. And uh, I actually decided, even though I'm legally not allowed to smoke marijuana for nine more months, I'm, I, I don't hear music the same as when I'm high. You know, when I'm high, I'm like a tweaker. I can smoke a couple bowls and, you know, just tweak on guitar for eight to ten hours. But everyone says it's a poor excuse, but I know other people like that. So I just finally went and bought a distortion pedal and a, a tuner and we're going to get an amp. But overall, so, life's been good. Oh, that's great. So you were you were sober, sober for nine months, you said? Oh, no, I would never say that. <laughs> and for the, for the record for those at home keeping score i'm drinking the same coffee i was last time we interviewed <laughs> but, hey hey me too see well i think yours is pabst <laughs> i like your shirt man that's good i like it you switch shirts on me i know man you see i'm i made it so this says black strap Hey, any chance you got any more merch laying around? I do, man. I'll definitely, uh, I got some new good company shirts. I'll, I'll hook you up. Me and my mom, bro. And uh, if you want to interview my mom, I'm sure, I'm pretty sure she'll go for it. You think she'll do a Zoom? Yep, I do. That'd be awesome. I mean, yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't see the... where. I... Go, man, your mom's the best, by the way. Dude, I say it all the time. I got the best family. I got the best mom in the world. Like I'm, I'm lucky. But yeah, for the record, I hope this don't get me in trouble. But like the last time I, well, the only time I came out there, I don't think that was that was against good legal advice. <laughs> oh, really? Hey, talk about that. Can you talk about that at all, or? I'd rather not. Fucker, <laughs> <laughs> me up and say, "This guy went to yeah. class and fucking he should have been here or there." But I, I think <laughs> oh man, it was so cool having you over here. By the way, when you came, we rolled as you would say, we rolled the red carpet out for you, dude. I'm so used to being next to the spotlight to have someone roll the red carpet out. That was too cool, man. Yeah, dude. I'm trying to remember that day if it was just you that day, if we had more well, people. Blackwater drowning or something. Blackwater drowning. Oh, man. I was just talking to Mac about that. That's so cool. Yeah. It is day today, I think. Mm hmm. Yeah, I think. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I, I totally forgot about that, man. Uh, and, and you're talking about new merch. I actually got you uh, uh, something I'm going to send to you. Check this out. Let me put my glasses. No, don't, don't bother. I don't, I'm too old to skate, bro. I'm 54 years old. Hey, you, listen, you're going to put this on your wall, man. <laughs> Take the t-shirts and the shirts like last time. That, <laughs> That's so funny you said that because I was going to give uh, Head from Corn one. And Head goes, I got too much stuff here. I don't have enough room for it. <laughs> That's how I feel about birthdays and holidays. It's like, don't give me nothing. I don't want nothing. If you're going to give me something, give me cash. <laughs> <laughs> I've just got done purging most of my bullshit. I no longer have three PAs in my house. My mom lives here with 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 me, which is great. 
And we were both apprehensive about it, even though it's a huge house. But in the end, we're both good roommates and treat each other well. Oh, really? So how Probably. do you how do you purge? Like, uh, are you selling stuff or are you just donating? Yeah. Uh, I I sold most of my PA gear and other musical gear on Mar- Facebook Marketplace, but you know I was selling shit cheap. You mm. know, I mean, if you want top dollar, you go to eBay or Reverb. But um, maybe I'm too lazy. For those that don't know or didn't see our first interview, you were the uh, older brother of Chi, who was you know famously known for being the bass player of Deftones. Yes, Ooh. and I, I just watched our our previous interview to make sure I wasn't going to tell some of the same stories twice. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about watching that, but I never watch my old stuff because it's so brutal. I, I just like my own worst. I just stare at myself and be like, ah, yeah. I don't know if well, you like it, watching yourself on screen. You got the million dollar smile. You're a good interview. Hey, thank you, man. Appreciate that. Right, I'm gonna turn this around on you. Like, I'm not sure, but I might, I might interview you too. Hey, mm-hmm. there you go. Do it. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, man. Okay. You, you, yeah, but but you know what? I was um, I was thinking about you, you sent me a video of you when Deftones are playing, and you're like, wasn't it some guy that was jumping on stage or something? And you had to help out. Oh no, no, Chino was stage diving. And you had to help him get back on stage, is that wasn't that the case? The the video sent me, or the uh, or, or did that happen a lot when when you were on the road with the Deftones? Were you like you okay, were like actually, techno security, you know? Well, no, but we all were. But that'll lead me to a story or two if if I should bother you with some Deftones stories. <laughs> yes, I think that people want to hear. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, we had a drum tech. His name was Bobby Twitchell. Rest in peace. We adopted him from Corn. Whether he was a good drum tech, no comment. But <laughs> he was our guy. And normally it was his his gig to throw people off a stage. Anyway, one one gig, I happened to jump off stage and fish Chino out of the audience. And he, I think it's seven words where he does a one, two, three, and I come with the wicked. And oh, like, yes. he's, he's straight singing at me. And I'm like, thank you, dude. <laughs> but anyway, my one experience throwing somebody off stage, like I, I I never really did it. And he was pointing at me like, this guy's come. It was Palo Alto. I think it was on the edge or whatever. I don't know what the place was called, but this guy was coming over the stage left mains and i was like no dude don't do it i tried to push him back and he was still coming he was some skinny fucker Mm -hmm. he got on stage and then almost like a movie dude i fucking threw him off stage and everybody moved anyway (laughs) moving forward (laughs) around the fur tour fucking we were in ireland and bobby twitchell was the guy who threw people off stage but uh is he still around, Bobby Twitchell? This guy is he? Is he still alive? No, no, that's where the rest in peace comes in. Okay, I don't know what killed him, though. But I, I, I don't think it was drugs, but it wouldn't surprise me. But anyway, we all love our drugs. But yeah. uh, anyway, we're in Ireland somewhere. We're at a club, and Chino jumps off stage, and then me and Bobby both converge at center stage, and fucking he always wanted to be the star of the spotlight. So he straight up and backhands me. My glasses fall off and I'm like, all right, bitch. 
And then <laughs> but we could both see in Ireland, there was this huge muscle guy and he had Chino in a headlock. And like, he didn't, I, I don't think he meant to hurt him, but he was hurting him. <laughs> so anyway, Bobby somehow retrieved him. And then after a little while, it was a two month run in Europe. After a while, the band said, hey man, no more throwing people off stage. This is bullshit. And so we get to we get to Italy, and like in Italy, the mob rules. Like you can't stop them from bootlegging shirts and shit. There's just dozens of them, and some of that shit looked better than our shit. But so they told Bobby, no more throwing people off stage. And the next thing I know, there's like twenty motherfuckers on stage, and I'm like trying to coerce them and like, uh, can you get off stage? Yeah, you just do what you're told at that point, right? Yeah, but Bobby just sat on his drum stool next to Abe, and I looked at him, and I was like, <laughs> finally, I go into the production office, get our manager, who's a short guy with a big cock, fucking looked like Bruce Willis, always chomping on an unlit cigar, and somehow with <laughs> his age and elder statesman, he was able to coerce people off the of stage, but then after that, <laughs> that there was no more uh, don't throw people off stage. It was like, the shit gets out of hand. So when did you when did you start? I mean, you were touring with them all the way back with Adrenaline, right? I mean, did you do Adrenaline, Around the Fur, and White Pony? I mean, were you on the road? I only did Around the Fur and the beginning of White Pony. How but did your brother ask you to do that? Was he like, hey, man, you want to go on the road with me? You know, I'll offer, uh, they offer you a gig? Well, you know? No, here, here's the gig. It's like when Adrenaline happened... They were on a super tight budget. Nobody gets a base tech right off the bat. And honestly, they took one of my friends and they gave him a five dollar per diem. And I was like, this motherfucker doesn't know anything about gear. But dude, I'm such a drunk that they were <laughs> like, we can't take this guy out. So I knew if I got sober for a little while, they would take me out. So when around the fur came out, I had been sober for a while. And you know, maybe. At least to this day, I mean, the day around for came out, I remember sitting on the bus with Chino and he was like, yeah, I know you can't drink, man, but just have a drink with me this one night. And one night turned into every night and <laughs> you know, one thing leads to another. But um, that's amazing. Two- that's amazing that you drank with Chino every night. <laughs> the stories, if you can remember. Any of them. <laughs> but anyway, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, I. I got three more stories I, I can remember. Um, so it was Thanksgiving 97 around the fur and we had a day off. I feel like snot was with us and they had a day off too, or maybe they were opening for seven dust and fucking, I didn't know who seven dust was, but we rolled into this ven- venue. They gave us our own dressing room and you know, this guy, and you know, I'm a shit talker by nature. I really, I'm not trying to offend anybody. It's just fucking words. You know, we live in an ultra PC world where you can't say anything anymore. But this guy's like, seven does this. They're so great. Blah, blah, blah. This big fat guy, kind of stocky. And uh, I was like, seven does sucks. And I had never heard them. <laughs> I, I, I think I knew that they were playing. And we're talking shit back and forth. And fucking, he says, if seven does sucks, I'll kiss your so I jumped up on the table, 
Let's start kissing, motherfucker. <laughs> hey, fucking <laughs> My brother stopped and my brother stopped the nonsense. Seven Dust came on, and you know I'm all wasted and shit. So I go towards the front of the stage, and I don't know if he does it now, but he was doing the daily throw, daily Roth thing where he's thrusting his pelvis forward, and like I don't even know if that was a barricade or what. So I just reached up, kind of cupped his dick, and he didn't even flinch, dude. He didn't even flinch. I think he he knew I was with the Tones crew, but then we go back to this hotel our hotel and we had to be five to ten stories high at least and i think we might have been on the white pony and drinking at least i was <laughs> I, I don't want to <laughs> condemn it but uh yeah so we're doing our business and i look over the balcony and i see that between say let's say it was the 11th floor okay between the 11th floor and the check-in floor, there there's a small, like, sub-roof. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. So I fucking... This this is when TVs weren't flat screens. They were big as fuck with tubes in them, heavy as fuck. So, so I fucking pull the TV out the wall. It's still connected by cables. I look at Chino. He's going, no! I look at Abe. <laughs> he's going, no! And Steph's going, yeah! And then I said, listen to this! Like I knew it was gonna sound, and it did. It just sounded like a fucking bomb dropping, dude. It was fucking oh awesome. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and so when we check out in the morning, we had to cop to. Uh, there's a TV missing. How much do we owe you? And I think we got off the hook for like four or five hundred bucks. But Stefan is the man. He fucking split that shit with me. Oh, he did. Wow, man, that sounds super cheap, by the way. <laughs> like a whole TV ripped out of the wall. It'll cost you a few hundred, that's it. Or, you know, 500, whatever. But that's super cool that he split the movie. Yeah. For real, because he, he was into that Pantera watch him go videos. Like, he, he liked the insanity, bro. And I'll, I'll tell you what, it's like, I don't care who you ask. If you know people, the crew always rocks harder than the band. Really? And Oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, Bobby Twitchell alone, our drum tech, the shit he would do, just like amazing. <laughs> what do you think about Pantera coming back around? I know they're coming to Atlanta, so I'm I'm looking forward to seeing that. You know, but well, my boy, yeah, my my boy Gong thinks it's disrespectful. And oh, I, yes, but uh, what's his name? Bobby Bobby Gong or uh, who, who J- are you talking? Jason Gong. Jason Gong. Gong. Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah. Jason's the man. You know, they they were on a tour with Damage Plan, so they had to cut that shit short. And uh, he thinks it's disrespectful. I don't. I think the, I don't think it's a money grab at all. I think fucking Zach and fucking Dime were best of friends. I think Charlie and, and Vinny knew each other. And if anyone was going to take the, the jump gig, it's Charlie. Yeah. I mean, uh, I would I pay to go see it? No, I never pay to see shows really <laughs> for the most but i mean you know like one that you had on the show for the deftones there was a festival down the street and uh I, it was motorhead slayer slipknot anthrax and i kind of wanted to see motorhead you know but so i just randomly called him they're like yeah he ties with any of these bands he's like 
yeah, I know people from Slayer, but it felt super good to walk in like, who's guest list are you on? Slayers. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, that's pretty sweet, man. Wants the man. And I'm so, so uh, just, you know, I've known, I met him years ago back on the road, uh, just going to see Deptones in Atlanta. Or do you hang, do you talk to Juan a lot or do you guys have a good relationship? Juan's the, no, I, the, the assistant of the Deftones for people that don't know. I guess that's what you call him. He's, he's their ex bitch. Love you, Juan. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he, he, I guess he would be the production assistant. But it, for some reason, I think he's moved on to bigger and better things. Like, um, I think he's Incubus, right? Uh, I heard he was working with Incubus. I could be wrong. Well, that that doesn't surprise me at all. Our uh, ex production manager slash monitor engineer Eddie Kircher, who I love to death, even though he was the first one to fire me on that Black Sabbath uh, Pantera tour. Oh, I remember um, that tour. Why did you get fired from that tour? Oh, well this this is gonna shock you and shock the world. For being that drunk asshole, talking shit to Eddie Kircher. But I mean, to this day, I love the guy to death. And he told me when we, when I first got off playing at Heathrow and went and met him in his hotel, and we might have done some white pony, might have had a couple <laughs> drinks. But but he was like, dude, I used to be Cliff Burton's tech. And then for years I thought, that's fucking bullshit. How could he have been his tech? You know, not knowing. And he was on the bus when the accident happened. And then I read an interview years later. Sure enough, he was the guy. But I was like, fucking do White Pony with a guy who toured with Cliff Burton and was his tech? That's a no-brainer. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, that's pretty amazing. I mean, just uh, that you know these people. But yeah, so yeah, yeah you got... But he, he's, he's like a main guy with the Incubus now. Yeah, uh, but, I'm, trying, uh, I'm trying to remember when Juan started with Deftones. Do you remember that? Like when he started working with them? It, I mean, it was it was around somewhere in the middle. I feel like it was a mid, the middle of the round of fur tour. And then he came up with some sandwiches and fucking Steph, who if you got if I got to pick a favorite guy, it might be him because he's always star. But uh, he came up yeah. with some sandwiches and Steph's like, Where's the mustard? I'm like, fuck, I'm glad I don't have this guy's job. My guy, my <laughs> way cooler. <laughs> but uh, there's two stories, Deftones stories that I, I forgot to mention last time. What are they? Oh, let me think about this. Oh, what is it? Damn it. Fuck, I knew I should have written this shit down. Go ahead. Hey, hey well, you let me, let me. Yeah. Go ahead. No, well, we were talking about when we mentioned Pantera. Do you have any um Dimebag stories or Vinnie Paul story? I mean, or you know, Phil or any of those. Did you party with those never guys? Met, never met them. Oh, even really, really? Any of them. Yeah. You didn't wow. No, I mean, that's just a big tour. And like a bit, you know, I've been a stagehand on now for 25, 30 years, and the unwritten rule is don't meet your heroes because you don't want them to be assholes and then they'll hate their music. But I'm, I'm sure if I going out of my way, I could have met more people, but that's just not who I am. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
No, I get it, man. Um, I got a picture here. I don't know if I you watched our interview recently, but I can't remember if I talked about it. But I have, I have a picture of uh of Chi over here, a skinny version of me. And your and a not so skinny version of him. It looks like Saturday Night. <laughs> it was. That You're right. Like... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was Saturday Night Riss. Yeah. But uh, he was so cool. He we were. <laughs> he came up to us and asked us if we know where any local bookstores were. And me and my buddy Carl Smith, you met Carl, he's at my house taking photos. We're like, uh, we know where the bars are. You know, I mean, we're so we're so stupid. Right. Yeah, we're not used to people asking us where the bookstores are. Mm. You know? But he was he was ahead of us, man. He was he, he he's he's the man, and you know, we, we much respect to him. But we were we so, were just two like young idiots. We're like, I don't know, we want a beer. But I'm so glad we got to meet him though. Oh, for real. My brother was just the best. Fucking, uh, all right. So here's my favorite Deftones story. It happens somewhere in your area, is what I'm guessing. It's like an all concrete venue. It's on the around the fur tour. And fucking Abe, you know, usually he would have a dual 15 and a horn on this tour. I mean, later we graduated to four dual 18s and a butt thumper so you could hear the kick but he was always being a little bitch back then going yeah, yeah. and throwing his fan like I, I know the real reason is because he was drunk but you know it's just like dude you came from clubs where there were no monitors but anyway he's throwing a fit he's going yeah, yeah. and fucking throwing shit around and Chino's on stage right step inside for some reason and he says, what? You can't hear yourself, motherfucker? Well, fuck you. And then he throws his mic at the drum set. And I don't know how it is even physically possible, but the mic cable got wrapped around all the drums, all the cymbals, except kick, snare, and hat. Maybe the crash was still there. And it was something off a drum. I feel like it's one of the songs that speeds up as they, as they go towards the outro. And there's no vocals. So Chino's trying to pull back his, his mic and cable and fucking they all the drum like I think we had Orange County percussion drums back then. So the rack toms weren't on the kick drum. They were on stands with cymbals. He's pulling all the fucking drums and cymbals fall off the stage and he's finishing the song. Bam, 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 bam. And then they finish it Chino runs up to the drum riser, if there even was one, and they both give each other a big hug and say, I love you, bro. And then it takes <laughs> us 15 minutes together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. Hey, do you got any more? Keep telling them, man. These are these are classic, man. I love uh, I got one more. It's pretty anticlimactic, but we were in Florida and like it was just me, my brother, and Chino, and like I don't want to say what they got into, but my brother was slagging Chino for some personal reasons. He got pissed, sucker punched my brother in the face, wow. and like I know for a fact the only reason he did that is because I was standing right there and would break that shit up because my brother would have kicked the shit out of him. <laughs> right. <Yeah>. So anyway, they. <laughs> They get on stage and like they're they're that band that fucking 
they bring all their aggression out on stage. They just had the best show. I mean, it was good. Yeah, dude. Mm. Now I interview you, Scott Bowling. Okay, let's go. You ready? Yeah. All right. I'm not talking favorite albums. I'm talking top three albums that changed your life. Oh, you didn't even warn me for this, man. You just threw it, threw it there, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. Three albums that changed my life. Um, well, Faith No More, The Real Thing. That was a huge album for me. And, and Faith uh, No More has been a band that I keep going back to and, and listening hey, to. Hey, what's, what's your favorite Faith No More album? That's hard. Um, you know, it's uh, I love Angel Dust. I even love Before My Cut. But... I know you do, but that's where we disagree. <laughs> but I, yeah, I love Angel Dust. For me, it's a toss-up between Angel Dust and King for a Day. I Such love good... King for a Day. Yes, that's one of my favorites. I believe that's fucking the guitar player from Bungle. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure. Right? Is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was new. That was his first that was his first album without um their their uh, uh Jim, right? Jim Martin. Yeah. Jim Martin. So Jim Martin that goes to get up on our bus one time in San Francisco. He's all bald as fuck. I don't recognize. <laughs> yeah, no, he looks totally different. He just he does what any any person that longs would do they just open the door and walk on in he opened the door <laughs> like get out of here and he's like it's jim from faith no more oh jim come on in wow this <laughs> is anyway, Tones bus yeah sorry yeah anyway so that's one out the real thing next album uh would probably adrenaline when that um that like adrenaline yeah yep. okay number three. Oh man you put me on the spot man um it would probably be uh probably it's it's a toss up between white zombie or, uh the uh um or or uh, far beyond driven one of those um you know thunder kiss 65 was huge and i've had ivan on the show you know from white zombie yeah so i think i saw that yeah thanks man um yeah, so probably around there. I I, I guess I'll just go with Pantera, Far Beyond Driven, because that was huge for me. And this is all rock music, you know. Such a great album. When, when I was on tour with them briefly, like, Vinny uses triggers. If you know what that is, you do. Triggers, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah but they sound so fucking clicky. I don't like it. Like, oh, yeah. He said he used quarters for that on the, the kick drums. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. But I think they're also triggers as well. Exactly. What are your What are your top three uh, albums that changed you? I'm, I'm spinning this back around on you, man. No, I want you to. That's why I was ready. Many <laughs> times, and it goes in order of influence as a musician. It It goes ACDC, Dirty Deeds, Thunder Chief. Although ACDC Power Age is my favorite record, Thunder Chief is the one I started learning on. Then I graduate to. Metallica, Master of Puppets, which is surely one of the most perfect albums of all time. It's kind of like Around the Fur. It's only got eight songs. But, you know, that, that got me into downpicking and getting with really yeah. guitar playing. I mean, I try, tried doing soloing, but I don't think that's ever going to be a thing. And then lastly, it's a toss-up. But I would have to say probably Rolling Stones' Let It Bleed. They named that album... After the Beatles put out Let It Be, they put out Let It Bleed. And <laughs> I didn't know that. That's cool. I, I always thought, like, 
I always ask people a series of questions. But uh, are you a Beatles fan or you a Stones fan? Beatles, because my mom liked Beatles, so we always listen to Beatles. How, how, yeah, what about you? I used to be such a Stones fan, but man, I've, I've come to appreciate the Beatles because with what limited recording capabilities they had and what they did, they were so much more innovative. But I love the Stones. They're going 60 years strong. But my theory on that is if you pick the Beatles, you're more of a positive person. If you pick the Stones, <laughs> you might that because the Stones really didn't have too many dark songs except, except maybe Happiness is a Warm Gun and maybe a handful of others. But, I mean, the Beatles got dark, painted black, Sympathy for the Devil. Uh, okay, so if you had to pick between uh, – did you ever listen – okay, the first concert I ever saw was the Beach Boys, but now – and I, I was like – I kind of like was kind of yeah, cringed back then, but I love the Beach Boys now, and and they them and the Beatles kind of competed, right? I mean, you had Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys. Pet Sounds mm -hmm. came out first and was a definite uh, influence on the Beatles. But I, I I studied fucking rock history, like I'm gonna get a gig out of it. But <laughs> you ever, ever get a, a chance to read? I don't know how much how familiar you are with recording, but yeah. their engine. Jeff Emmerich, fuck George Martin. Their engineer, Jeff Emmerich, you know, would hook up one or two four tracks. And then I'm not sure if you know what I'm saying, but once you do a submix, say you do a submix of drums and bass, you can't alter that. And he was bouncing down shit left, right. Jeff Emmerich's book, I forget what it's called, but it's with a G E O F F Emmerich. But it's such a good book. I sent that, and I think we had a fourth book to Stefan. I don't know if he's much of a reader, but I mean, just, I mean, somebody on Facebook, their question for the day was, what do you think music will sound like 100 years from now? And I'm like, if we're alive, it will sound like a lot of AI yes. and then meat puppets, you know? And that's kind of sad, but. I mean, I've heard some AI shit, and it's not bad. It's only going to get better. <laughs> AI freaks me out, man. Yeah, just uh... no. I, I I truly think it will be the death of us. Like it'll hard. To, it'll be hard to tell what's real, who's real, social media influence, and just yeah. I, I I'm not down for technology the way it's going. I mean. You go to Walmart, you're lucky to find one cashier. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I right. generally. All were right, you... what are the questions? Were you around when, I mean, were you around? <laughs> Obviously you're around, but uh, I always think of like, when you're talking about AI, but you know, before AI, the big thing, like Napster back in the day, remember when Lars was trying to yeah, like. how Lars Ulrich. How yeah. right was Lars? Now yes. it fucking ruined music. The other thing that's ruined music is Pro Tools. I don't know if you've recorded to a click ever or watched somebody move the kick from left to right and quantize and sterilize everything. Yeah. Fucking it's, it makes everything garbage. I mean, in my opinion, I was just watching, before we got online here, I was just watching the song Remains the Same Led Zeppelin. And it's just like, 
now you don't have to be that good of a musician. And, you know, I don't know. It, everything sounds the same. I think it's been 20 years of bullshit. And I know that sounds cynical, but it's, you know, same old, same old asshole with opinion. What do you what do you think about bands that play along to to tracks? I know that's I, a yeah. Well, it, it depends. It depends what it is. If it's okay, so the first band I worked with, where I noticed they there, there was this giant rack that rolled, and I love Mutes, but there was this giant rack that rolled next to the drummer, and they were just a three piece. Then right now they've got a uh, what do you call them? A utility guy that they hide, but. Um, it depends what it is. Overall, I'm against it. Overall, I would rather hear Vince Neil sucking than Vince Neil off the record. If I want to hear the record, I'll fucking sit at home. But that's yeah. me. I mean, you know. No, I totally I, agree. I guess if you if if you're if you're playing shit that you can't replicate, like, let's be honest, Frank Delgado, his job could be taken for over by a laptop. But, you know, if you're doing something like that, okay. But I'd rather see a, a live dude do it, to be honest. You know, and I'd rather hear a singer out of key a little bit than to know he's just lip syncing. I mean, I know a lot of bands as they get older, there's a tendency to want to do it. I can almost forgive it with backing vocals. But mm, even to that extent, I mean, even when you... Let's talk about Motley Crue. What's their best album? Um, <laughs> wait, the Hell with the Devil, right? Is that this probably is not, this is not an oxymoron? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's weird for me because I was I was super young when it came out, but Doctor Feelgood was like the album that I absolutely loved. But I was only nine when it came out. But the older I get, I kind of go back and like you know, shout out the devil, probably. I'm going too fast for love, baby. It's it sounds oh, like yeah, a that's great. But it's so raw and so good, and you know, I, I was a teenager when it came out. I don't know how. Yeah, I, I love that came song. Into a copy. Yeah. What? Too fast for love. Yeah, it's such a good. When when um, you know, with Chi, like you're being the older brother, were you like, hey, check out Motley Crue? It was he like, who's that? You know, like, did you were you constantly like? Oh, we. Oh, we were both into it, but I did watch our interview from earlier. A, so I didn't repeat myself. And, <laughs> and you good. asked a question. You, you said, did your brother have other influences? And as he graduated from high school and into college, he got into punk and he got into like Tower of Power, a lot of reggae. And like I was asking my boy, Sam York from Band Clockwork Hero. He, he's like a partner at Studio C in Stockton, California, fucking super studio. And he's actually helping me get Jason Gong Jones demos sounding like songs. But anyway, what was what were we talking about? I was asking him, oh, I said, so am I because I'm not super technical, right? Like I know a little theory, but not much, but I was like, am I wrong or did my brother like kind of play ball in the beat a little bit? which I think he did. So I think he got that from reggae and maybe Tower of Power and shit like that. So he had other influences. They just weren't the same as Chino's. I mean, Steph was metal to the core. Chino's into the Cure and Depeche Mode. 
my brothers and to everyone from Tower Power, all reggae, John Denver. And I remember seeing a Tom Petty cassette in his car. And I was like, Tom Petty? What the <laughs> fuck? And now to this day, that's like one of the last shows I paid for. I love Tom Petty. I love Tom Petty. I've never thought he'd listen to him. That's so, that's so cool, man. Yeah, he was into the older shit. Definitely. Uh, but, did uh, you say Tower of Power? I, who are they? I don't even reckon. I don't remember them. Did they have a like? Am I missing out on that? Did, is that what you said? Tower of Power? Yeah, the, I, I I wouldn't say they were a funk band. I'm not super familiar with them. I just know he was into the bass playing and that kind of shit. And um, yeah, I I forget what the bass player's name is. Um, I can't remember. But he he was he was into all sorts of different shit, and Steph was always like, "Hey, like just follow me on guitar." And my brother was like, "I'm gonna do the complete opposite." And in the end, Steph was like, "Yeah, that's pretty cool." <laughs> I listened to the baseline to my own summer, and like, who else is gonna write the? You know, I don't know what Steph wanted to play, but. Apparently, my brother would tell me, he, he's like, yeah, when I don't know what to do, I just go take a ride with the demo and then listen to it and then I come back and do it. Oh, apparently, wow. Apparently, Rob Zombie does the same thing, so I'm sure he's not the only one. Is that right? That's crazy. I never knew that. No, I love that riff. Uh, so we got to talk about this. Jason Gong Jones, man, he's the reason I got you uh, on my show. I loved the most people don't ever talk about is Drowning Pool's follow up album after uh after David um golly my mind's gone blank the Williams scene, David well yeah after after Dave Williams passed away unfortunately the the this Jason had to fill in those shoes man and and I love what he did with Drowning Pool I love that album that's one of my favorite Drowning Pool albums besides the, the first one he's the superior singer but. He also didn't write Let the Body Sit the Floor. And I seen a poster in Davis while I was working with this promoter that she'll remain nameless, who I love so much. I worked for him for 15 years. I seen a poster of Drowning Pool. I said, Yeah, when those guys come to town, I'm fucking busy. You know, mm, but yeah. that, that became a big hit. And then he got a raw deal, dude. And like, even now, like, he, he's, I got, I maybe have three friends. You know, and he's he's the one I talk to the most. He's sitting like anywhere from eighty to one hundred and twenty songs right now. And I'm just trying to help him make sense of the nonsense because he's doing it all on his computer. You know, when he plays a keyboard part, he's playing it on his computer keyboard. You know, when he does his twelve string, he's playing it on his keyboard with his computer. And you know, like I unlike early on when I heard early Deftones. Like, I can hear through bad production whether a song is good or not. So we got we got one song we're working with Sammy Org at Studio C, and uh, he's gonna lay down some real drums. And God forbid he lays down some other shit because Gong likes likes his own shit best. But I'm playing producer on this. Sam's playing engineer. <laughs> you know, I you know I just wanted to be as good as could be. Yeah, do you ever think about jamming with them? I mean, you've 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 played instruments in the past, the bass and guitar or whatever. Do you ever want to like collaborate? You know, we're all so far apart. I'm in Idaho, Sam's in California, 
mm. gongs in outside of Columbia, South Carolina. Um, if anything, I would go on the road as a tech for them or fake bass like I used to do. But I mean, gong's pretty good on bass. You know, I think he's pretty sloppy in other areas, but as a singer, <laughs> he's he just I love his voice. Yeah, he's he's great. I I just think that sometimes like he that song that I sent you, remember that one? Yeah, really good. I think that's I think that's the best song he's written so far. So, you know, I not that people put out albums anymore, but I feel like I don't know if you could put out an album with Southern Rock, Funk, Punk, Alternative Metal, New Metal. I don't know if that's you know, maybe yeah. I'm wrong. No, you're right. He he he'll he'll send me stuff every once in a while and be like, it'll be just different styles of music, but it's all him, you know. And it's just like he's sitting on all this music. I'll try to uh, attach a link so people can follow him, you know, get get the word right. out. But why do you guys cool. call him? Um, he said he. I think I want to say when he he came to my house, he's on the show. Gong. He said you gave him that name, or your family did. Can you talk about that just for a sec? Yeah. So we, my family had a plush fucking house compound on two acres and uh we had a charge account at this place called marada market and uh then i see my brother the guy the rock star i seen he was charging beer and groceries and shit i was like okay motherfucker and then gong came up so we you know we were i don't know what we were doing up there we were visiting maybe doing some work i don't know even know what the hell we were doing there but I, I went to Marauder Market and I got tired of signing for beers and shit. So I said, this is my half-brother Gong. I want him to sign for me. And somehow that name has stuck with him to this day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. Yeah, I, I love that dude, man. It's so good. Hey, it's so Yeah, keep, keep going. Go ahead. No, I was just going to... um. Well, you know, I'm kind of changing subjects, but buckle for Chi. I have to show off my stuff, right? I don't have props because you're... You're not here, but I look look at this, man. Poetry night. Buckle up for Chief. I guess they they've released this album on vinyl. Yeah. yeah. They did. You yeah. were there that night, weren't you? Didn't you help when he did the poetry like readings and stuff? The the parachute yeah. thing. Yeah. I, I brought my, my four track as a backup, but he brought an A dat and my drummer from California, Fat Dave. Or Dingo Day, if he has so many names like Lucifer, he recorded it on the ADAT. And we, you know, the intention was always to release the recordings. I don't know what other recordings he's sitting on. I mean, it's either A, I'm going to put them out on YouTube, and there's a video from Las Vegas. But I haven't heard the shit in so many years. Like, I don't, if there's repeated poetry, I don't want to release it. But I, I think there is one show in Stockton that place called the caffeine den that i would like to release like the dude was so prolific and you know maybe i'm just biased but you know i i i'm pretty picky about movies music and writing you know charles bukowski is me and my brother's favorite writer of all time if you if you've never if you've never read the book women check it out that shit will have you rolling oh really okay Charles Bukowski, check him out. He's so funny. I mean, you pretty much can't lose with this shit, but women is a good place to start. So anyway, if, generally if I'm talking to a bitch, 
I'll, I'll say, all right, my game is 20 questions. And I'm, I'm a curious George by nature, but it starts with, what's your favorite color? You know, whatever. What's your favorite color? Blue. Yeah. <laughs> I said, like, you should know. It's blue. <laughs> Mine is forest green, probably, or a dark green. Nice. Yeah. If you're on a deserted island, uh, you can only eat one food for the rest of your life. It's cooked by a cook and the same guy as your waiter. So you can pick steak and potatoes. I pick sushi. That's my pick. Okay, what's good. Your, uh, uh, burri burritos all the way, like Mexican. Beef or pork? Uh, beef, yeah. Okay. You're on the, <laughs> same, you're on, you're on the same deserted island, and there's going to be a band that plays three sets a night, every night, for the rest of your life. Nobody's there. Who do you pick? Are they alive or dead? The band. I mean, the deceased. You, you can pick, pick anybody. Wow. I mean, that that's a hard one. Uh, I, you know, we mentioned Tom Petty. I almost want to say Tom Petty. <laughs> you know, now that you said it alive or dead, my initial pick was the Rolling Stones. But since I could pick the dead, I picked Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. I, I don't know. When I first... When I first heard Hendrix, I was like, it was probably some live recording. I was like, fuck this guy. He can't even keep his guitar in tune because he was <laughs> all over the place. But I mean, once you listen to him as a player, you're like, how the fuck's he doing that shit? He's so otherworldly. And so invariably, I get to the last question, which is, what's your earliest memory? What's my earliest memory? And you might have to think about that. Uh, can you repeat that what's one more time? What's What's your earliest memory in life? Uh, in life. Oh, in life. Wow. We, we can okay. come back to it. No, no, I got I got two that jumped right out me. Uh, I'm just going to say two of them right, real fast. First of all, it's music, so it's the monkeys. And uh, Cheer Up Sweet Gajee, that video, that's one of my earliest memories of seeing that. Remember the monkeys? And then uh, it, I think it was um, my dad chasing me around in the backyard and i was just a little kid but but for some reason that music the monkeys is my like i think the monkeys is my first memory of life <laughs> it's just why, would, why, why was he chasing you around <laughs> uh yeah yeah probably i probably was in trouble you know i don't know you know one time i got in trouble because uh my dad liked beer and i remember he asked for beer and and he was mowing the yard and i thought well, it's hot outside, so I got a, a glass and filled it up with ice and poured a beer in there. <laughs> I gave it to him, and he goes, "You don't put ice in beer." <laughs> I remember getting uh, mad at me for that. It's so funny. I can't, I can't say I've ever done it. <laughs> personally. <laughs> but I was but a little kid, man. I was like, "Hey, you want a cold drink, right?" <laughs> right. But personally, I'm not much of a beer guy. Uh, yep. I'm I'm more of a wine and vodka guy, and even though I'm not supposed to show up my brand of coffee, these are pretty good. Mon what, what is Monaco's that? The Monaco. No, I've got to try that. That sounds good. They say they say there's two shots of vodka in this, which I know is a fucking lie. Says it's not <laughs> alcohol, but uh, no, they're per they're pretty good. But I mean, my preference is probably wine, but also vodka, but. When I start mixing drinks, I get myself in trouble, you know. <laughs> right. Uh, so what? What are your? What is your first memory of of life? I actually don't tell. 
What, what, say that again? And I'll tell you the reason why. So my brother's birth wife, Adrian, said that she told me two things. But she, oh, she told me first that in your dreams, these are just probably psychological ideas. In your dreams, everyone is you, which, which I've come to find out seems very true. And that also, especially for me, your earliest memory in life may shape your life. So I don't wow. like telling my story. I don't like telling my story because it's kind of like pulling the covers on myself. Maybe, maybe for interview three. <laughs> it, that'll get, yeah, that's that will happen. Interview three for sure. But hey, that is amazing though, and that makes me think. Like, my, my, the first thing I thought of was the music. <laughs> that's really cool. Right. So right. I've had um, multiple people on the show that are all kind of connected to the Deftones. Obviously, you and Juan. And Sergio, are you friends with uh, Sergio? I mean, that's a big thing I, to fill his shoes, man. Fill Cheese shoes, you know. I guess what you said. Yeah, I'm not. Shoes. I'm not. I I think those were some big shoes to fill. And even with the guy, they have Fred Sablon. You know, you know. Apparently, Chino told me. And let me just say this for the record, as a, as a preface, precursor, whatever you want to call it. I love the Deftones all of course and if i talk shit and say sucked in the beginning well he sucked compared to how fucking great he is now you know talking about chino but uh yeah i mean i just watched our interview and then then i popped in sergio's uh it was it was something he read off a piece of paper and those were hard sh shoes to fill and he did a decent job at it. I mean, Chino has told me that, and I think he's talking about the guy Fred Sablon that they have now, if that's how you say his name, does a better job of playing the songs the way my brother used to play them. Uh, oh. Sergio de definitely didn't do that. He was more on top of the beat, playing with volumes, especially in songs like Summer, where it was called for. But I got to give the guy credit. He did 10 years with the band. He put out four albums with the band. And, you know, what yeah. were you going to say? No, man, he put out 10 albums. And, you know, with Quicksand, Deftones playing with Quicksand, were you were you watch, Were you you on tour with them when they were doing Quicksand? Like when Quicksand was opening up for Deftones? I mean, that's how they met Sergio, oh, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And fucking, uh, I, I, we had the same front of house engineer, sound guy, whatever you want to call him. And I kept walking to the front of house and I'm like, why in the fuck does it sound like the opener is killing the headliner? And the reason why is because they kept a low stage volume. The Deftones are notoriously loud as fuck. I don't know if they are now. You know, I think Steph may be the only one using regular monitor wedges but um yeah what you get over 100 decibels coming off it makes any good out you know yeah but, but you but, know yeah. Since you asked, yeah. Go ahead. No, keep going. Since I asked, what are you drinking, sucker? 
I'm drinking your favorite thing. It's uh No, what are you drinking? Uh the same kind of coffee I'm drinking? Well, it's not Bud Light, you know, I'm just playing. I don't care. What kind of light? Miller? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I drink that fancy stuff. <laughs> why don't you why don't you upgrade sucker to drowning pool beer or black water drowning beer? Isn't oh, that what we yeah. isn't that what we had that one night? Yeah, we did. I forgot about that. Yeah. That's pretty good. It was kinda I can't I can't I couldn't it, see it, it, I don't know if it was wheat or <laughs> salty or something. Just it say it was earth it was earthy or just say just say some fancy stuff and we'll just all of it. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, but... <laughs> I forgot about that. That was good. After that interview, I checked him out and like, pretty fucking cool band. I'm so glad you said that. They're such good people. Yeah, Black Blackwater Drowning. I was talking to uh the um Mac, uh, the guy that does their photos and stuff, and kind of helps. It's his birthday. Out. Happy birthday, Mac. Oh yeah, that's amazing. I'm gonna send him this. That that's really cool. Yeah, man. Um, yeah. So anyway, we're talking about Sergio, but uh, did Sergio ever reach out to you and like, like when he first started? I mean, were you were you close to him like that, or was he like, not, not at all, not at all. Yeah, not at all. I have nothing against the guy. I think he's a great guy, and uh, I mean, I'm just gonna say it. I think you got a fuck deal. I think uh, if you, I think if you do ten years with a band. And you do four albums with a band, you should become a member. And this was during the COVID era when everything was up for grabs. But, you know, in retrospect, maybe the new guy's better. I don't fucking know. But, like, I, I feel like he put in the time and they should have made him a member. I think what prevented that from happening was, uh, let's see. I don't know if it was around the fur or white pony, but they made Frank a member and they were like, Oh shit. Now we got to give this guy 20% of everything. And like, I'm not trying to fucking throw dirt. I love the Deftones. I always, I call them the Deftones. Well, there you go. But you know, after my brother died, then it was just a four way cut to cut another guy in. Um, where's the, where's the money at merchandise, beer, tarot cards, all that shit. You know, they wanted to keep keep him on as a hired gun, but he had paid his fucking dues. Yeah. You know, yeah. And I'm, I'm not trying to be a dick by saying that. I'm not trying to alienate myself from the Deftones, but I just feel like he paid his fucking dues. And, you know, I don't know how much he contributed as a writer, but I think he probably contributed to something. But, uh, yeah, let's switch the subject. Yeah, no, 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 totally, man. Um, I, I will say, like, it, it's, it, I think he was, we'll say let's move on, but he was the perfect, I think, fit, you know, in that time of when it, when the Deptones are trying to decide if they're going to keep going on, you know, and I, I I think he was the perfect person for, you know, the follow-up. It, it, yeah. Except the death vocals sucked. It was something he had to work his way into and still didn't quite cut it because, I mean, nobody does the death vocals like my brother or Max Cavalera. Yeah, and like I, I, I saw my boy doing that. I videotaped him the other day, which you don't realize about a lot of these Cookie Monster vocals and death vocals is they're not singing super loud. They're they're, they're 
eat your kids. You know, they're being very quiet. And, and having worked with the Perfect Circle before their album came out, I suspect Maynard might be the same way. And this was early on when they had the Primus drumming. But wow, that's I'm, really I'm, cool, man. Yeah, but I mean, he grew into his own, and I, I'm just saying, it's like, you know, loyalty's one thing, and I get it for financial reasons, but at the same time, ten years, four albums, eh, you know, and like, I'm I'm assuming Fred will play on the new album, but you know, if they got to divvy up the pie four ways or five ways. They're going to keep it four for the rest of their lives. You think so? And I yeah. get it. Yeah. I get it. I mean, not only is this a band decision, it's probably a management decision telling them, you know, management made a lot of decisions when my brother's accident happened that I did not agree with, mm-hmm. you know, and I won't go into details, but it fucking pissed me off, you know, and I'm not, I'm not trying to spill dirt. I do yeah. think it makes for a better interview. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate being honest about that. That's that's um, you know, sad and what well, was the I'm... yeah. Go ahead. You know, I, I was thinking and uh, I won't you know, we, we can wrap this up soon, but uh, you know, when you were on tour with the Deftones in that time, was there a particular opening band that stuck out to you that you're like this is my favorite band that the the Deftones have I've been on the road with it, was yeah. It would either be quicksand or tin fed. I I might even say Will Haven just because I love those guys so much. And uh but mostly tin fed and especially quicksand. They just sonically they blew us off the stage every night. Mm. You know. And I asked the, the front of house guy, I'm like, why is this happening? He's like, they have a low stage volume and I walked on stage and it was quiet as fuck. But I mean, I'm not saying the Deftones didn't blow them away as far as the show goes. I'm just saying sonically. And yes. you know, I want to hear, I want to hear the new Quicksand albums. I haven't actually gone forth to do it, but I hear they're good. And Walter, like my boy, went and seen him with one of his rival, rival, rival school or something like that. What rival sons? No, rival school. Don't, school, don't yeah. confuse, confuse it with rival sons. <laughs> Zepp, My man. A fucking Zeppelin ripoff band. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, totally. They didn't sound like them. But I mean, <laughs> for for Sergio's sake, financially, it's like Quicksand had their day and they came before the Deftones. They came before Corn. Mm, and, good point. you know, but they're, they're only going to make so much money. You know, I mean, I, I would guess that um, Serge was making more money as a hired gun, you know, with the Deftones. But I guess that's neither here nor there now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, but, um, man, I appreciate you doing this, uh, the Zoom. This is really fun. And you, you mentioned a part three, so I'm, I'm assuming we're going to have a part three sometime, you know. It's it's either that or with my mom, dude. She, I gotta have your mom on here. That'd be awesome. I I'd like to make it happen. I'll see what I can do. 
And you mentioned earlier, did you say something about doing your own podcast or something? Is that something you can talk about? Would you ever be interested yeah. in doing your own podcast? I am interested. I got a boy who I'm looking to maybe co-host with me. I mean, we we worked together for so many years as stagehand and sound monkeys. And dude, you want to talk about spilling the dirt? Neither one of us gives a shit whether it's four house, <laughs> cocaine, fucking just dumb shit. Right. <laughs> what would you guys uh, talk I mean, about? Was this like a music podcast or just a life? And I mean, anything kind of a Joe Rogan kind of thing? I think it'd be a, an everything kind of thing. But I mean, just, just like you, I think we're going to have to, you know, do a, do a little bit like we're doing now and then maybe hit the streets with our phones and you know, kind of like the soft white underbelly, if you've ever seen it, have you? Yes, yeah, I have. That's really cool. I like that. 5,000 interviews. And I mean, granted, he's on a skid row, but I know he flies people in. And oh, I love dude. it. I love what he does. He interviews like, I mean, like anywhere from like prostitutes to druggies. Like, I, that's such a hitman, fucking everything, dude. Yeah, it, he is. He is so genuine. He is such a good. I I think he was on Joe Rogan actually, talking about this I show, think, man. Dude, why doesn't Joe? Hold on, before we hang up, why doesn't <laughs> Joe run for president? I know he's too lefty, <laughs> but like, here's my opinion on Biden: too fucking old, losing his mind. Trump <laughs> is Trump. The Santos piece of shit, and like. Who the fuck? I mean, I don't know what if Gavin Newsom's worth a fuck, but I want somebody to come out. It's never going to be an independent, but yeah. uh, like, who was those three? Are you follow politics at all? No, I don't. But you know, this is good. I I do I do think Joe Rogan would be great at that. Um, oh my god! Some great. some people have mentioned The Rock, but I think that would be <laughs> too silly. Maybe. Oh no! Some <laughs> shit. Some shit came about, out about The Rock recently. But I did read an interview with him in Rolling Stone, and I could tell he was getting ready to run for politics. I mean, the obvious choice is a celebrity. I mean, it's been happening since Ronald Reagan. Oh, Obama yes. was, yeah. Yeah. Obama was a bit of a star, albeit in other countries, you know. And then Trump, which honestly, I fucking, I want to shoot myself in the mouth for saying <laughs> it. But if I if I got to pick between DeSantis and Biden, I fucking pick Trump. Oh, fucking, yeah. but i'm yeah. just saying i i hope somebody comes out of the woodwork i want biden to step the fuck down and yeah i don't but, know about this kennedy guy or gavin newsom but i want more options in these fucking three lemon heads yeah biden i think i you know i don't follow politics at all but <laughs> didn't biden say he came out and cured cancer or that he has a cure for cancer <laughs> <laughs> My dad was a cardiologist and fucking the cure for cancer has been around everywhere for all time, but there's no money in the cure, bro. That's why the mm -hmm. FDA will never allow it. So no, it's just Man. the, it's just the offhand shit he says. And just, he's a weird motherfucker. He's losing <laughs> his. <mind. laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah. Hey Ming, dude, um, we'll wrap this up, but thank you so much. For doing this this means the world to me you know you agreeing to be on the show means a lot to me dude after the red carpet treatment you laid out for me i owe you <laughs> suck 
all day long. <laughs> all day long, anytime. Thank you so much, man. Thank you. And and I've loved to have uh your mom on the show too. Like you said, that I mean that would be that mean the world. She's a kind lady. Very cool. You guys are good people. She she she's great. She might be a little long winded. You might have to keep her on track, but it's all I, good. I think it'd be worth. <laughs> yeah, worth doing. But uh, yeah, man. All right. Uh, best of luck to you. You too, man. And when you get this podcast, I would love to be on it. You know, I mean, no, I don't have to be on it. Oh, but, for you know, sure. I look forward to seeing. No, you. no, I want you. I, I've got a small list of people that I know, and I would want you to be on it. Wow, that means the world. It means the world. So, for sure. Hey, uh, I'll send you my address. I'm a two XL sucker. I got it. <laughs> I got it. I've gotten bigger. I will. I'll get you. Oh, you see XL. my tits? No, I don't want to see your tits. Oh, you but... will? You want to see them? <laughs> hey, look at that, man. You got nice areolas, you know. Uh, I'm not going to send you the skate deck, but I got to tell you, this uh, Hooch Skate Shop made this, so I have to, uh, I have to uh, give him a little props, you know. <laughs> Normally, I wouldn't take it. Like, I'm a longboard rider, if that. And the last skateboard I had was a Deftones White Pony skateboard. And, oh, that's uh, so cool. I put some trucks and wheels on it. Gave it to my daughter, and uh, apparently my niece fucked it up somewhere along the way. But that's neither here nor there. No, that's 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 uh, really rare. Oh wait, <laughs> wait, really wait, cool. wait! One one more question. Before oh yeah, we go. absolutely. Okay, top five new metal bands of all time. Wow! I just you just throw that at me, man. Five new metal bands of all time. Okay, Deftones, Corn. But the obvious, um, the obvious two are on my. Um, did they have to be like where they just made a random new metal album and then went back to hardcore? So no, I you think can pick, you can pick whoever you want, bro. Okay, right off the bat, you know, I'm gonna say this list and then we're gonna get done and we're like, oh, I should have said this, but I would say Burning Red by Machine Head because I love that album and it was totally that is new a metal. good album. And I got to work with them a couple times, but uh, oh, you did. It's That's not on my list. <laughs> I'm looking around my house yeah. trying to figure. Oh, 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 a Rage Against Machine, I guess. With are they new metal? They're not new metal. Golly, man, I'm gonna get in trouble for saying that. Well, no, I I got a band on my list who's not considered new metal, but I'm throwing them in there anyway. So that's four. Okay, uh, man, we in trouble for saying Death Rage Machine, Corn, Machine Head. Rage Against the Machine, who were a huge influence on Deftones, not so much really? musically, not yeah, but not so much musically, but just from an energetic vibe. They were like, "Holy shit, we gotta bring what these guys bring." Yes, God dang it, I can't think of number five. Oh, this is pissing me off. Number five, who was number five? New metal. I would have to say, you know, I would have to say that the. F <laughs> the first Limp Biscuit album, I like that three dollar bill. Yeah, my God, I'm kind of punk, you know. Now I hate Limp Biscuit. They are Fred Durst is the ultimate pile of shit. <laughs> Fred, if you're, Fred, hey, I I'm said the first Limp Biscuit, the the pollution and the the, the it's kind of heavy. It's that first one. Oh man. wait, I hold on. I got I got a, as we're cutting it short. I got a story for you. So Limp Biscuit's <laughs> joining our tour, and. They're like, oh no, Limp Biscuit's joining our tour tomorrow. Like, what the fuck is a Limp Biscuit? And then so we get into it, and like, 
are obvious hits are Faith cover song, Jump yeah. Around cover song. <laughs> the rest of the song's just okay. But then fucking Wes Borland, who shared stage left with my brother, he's opening up. He starts punching these par 64 cans, knocking the frames and the gels out of them. Then he starts throwing shit at the monitor guy. Finally, my brother's like, cut, cut, cut the sound. And fucking Wes comes off stage and he's like, motherfucker, if you ever disrespect your crew like that or anyone else, I'm going to kick the shit out of you. Oh, my and God. Dude, dude kind of went missing for three days. But in all honesty, my brother. Yeah, but in all honesty, my brother never fought anybody. I just know he was a badass. Okay, that is a great story. Erase Limp Biscuit, and I'm going to add Primer 55 because I'm friends with Joshua Toomey and, and Bobby uh, that was both in Primer 55. Wait, so. wait, wait. Toomey was in that band from Snot? No, 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 no. No, not okay. that. To, no, no. I, I love I love Snot. That's Toomer. That's Toomer. Toomer. Right? I love Toomer. He's so, John, yeah, he's amazing. I love, I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd throw Snot in the new metal. I mean, I would, I guess, but yeah. Well, I'm I'm gonna name off my top five. Yeah, you do yours, man. I'm boring. Yeah. No, no, you're good. Who who's who's in Primer Fifty Five? So that was Bobby fan? Burns, and and right. I, I see a, I see a lot of love, and I'm I'm one of his friends on Facebook. But the singer the also, singer died. I think, yeah. I think I think he also played with Soulfly. He I did. Yes, he did. He played with Soulfly. And so, and so so did Mikey Dolan. Mikey Dolan. Mikey. Yep, I remember was, I remember working him in Sacramento. So Shout my, out to Mikey my, Dolan. Love that dude. Fucking, you know, the thing is, I love Snot. They were only on tour with us for like a week, but fucking, I don't think they replicated their live sound to, to CD it, because they were such a good live band. Like, I don't think it tra- transferred over to CD or tape or whatever it was at the time. But, yeah, well, and, and they only made one album there. So you I mean if you think like if 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 um if they made a second record, would it have translated over better the live sound? You no, know, dude, I, I got to give it up. They're making a documentary about Lynn Strait. Out of all the guys I toured with, Lynn was the best. He treated everybody like they were a rock star. He was so fucking cool. Same with the rest of the band, but especially Lynn. I love that guy. All right, so my top five. Wait, wait, wait. Can I Same. interrupt you for a sec? What was Lynn like? I mean, oh, that that's amazing that you were friends with Lynn Straight. That's phenomenal. Well, no, they they came out on the first week of around the fur tour. I had no idea who they were. I just remember being impressed by the live show, and then whenever I was around the dude, he was just he treated everyone like they were rock stars. He was just so fucking cool, and like. I, I don't know. It's hard to describe. He just had that it factor. You know, I don't think any of the songs on Get Some, if that's what the album is called, are particularly catchy, but I, I think they just had so much potential. And I just, I just love that guy to death. You know, he was the kind of guy to come up and get, just give you a big old hug. You know, just, just like my brother, like fucking corn came to town. And, you know, I wanted to thank Fieldy for doing a song for my brother. Yes. They're coming off stage. He put, he put he put me on the list, and I go to give him a hug, and he takes three steps back, and I'm like, fuck this guy. You know what I mean? It's oh, like he really? knows who I am. I'm, I'm just trying to say thank you. You know, for, for my money, I, I, liked all, I liked all the guys, and really, 
two of the best books you can read are fucking Head's book and Fieldy's book. Fieldy's Absolutely. Book especially because he, he spills the dirt on himself. But anyway, going back to <laughs> my favorite five, five new yes. metal bands. So I'm just like you, F-Town's Corn, in that order. And now the one that you said Prime 55 or something, you said, I don't know if they're really on the list. I go Marilyn Manson. He's oh, not on the new metal okay. list. But, like, he's more of a shock rocker or whatever. But it's new metal, bro. Which album? And then do, you I have go, a, do you have a certain Miller, uh, Marilyn, Marilyn Manson album? Or are you just saying in general? Like Antichrist Superstar or... Um... <laughs> A portrait of American Family. That album's amazing. Is that? Or are you just saying no, in general? That's what I'm saying. A lot of the albums are pretty fucking good. If you don't like the whole album, there's yeah. at least some good songs on them. Even I think I don't know if it's Mechanical Animals, but the one with Dope Show. Yeah, that's, that's Mechanical Animals. Yeah, yeah, and just like starting with Beautiful People, Sweet Sweet Dreams, which really made them without that cover song. Same with Limp Biscuit. Without that cover song, I don't know if they would have gotten that far. But even mm-hmm. when I listen to their recent shit, I mean, I, I don't know if they bring it live so much. But anyway, Tones, Corn, Manson. I'm going with Dredge. Oh, you I remember try, them. Yeah, you should try and get them on your show. They're, they're like, they're they're the they're the same as the Tones. Like they can't seem to write pop songs for the radio but they were so fucking good my brother loved that band oh man i remember them i have to go back and check them out it's been years since i've listened to them i don't know what my favorite record is i don't know if it's what is it called it doesn't matter i mean you can't miss with their catalog and i think they've called it today i'm not gonna say faith no more because they were the originators so I'd have to go with, mm, mm, by default, probably System. Oh, I love them. Great choice, man. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. A, I'm not a huge fan, but they were doing something different, you know. And around that time, that Snot and Gong were around the LA scene, you know. Between System and Snot, Gong was like these guys are the shit. You know, but that's that's so that's amazing. That you shared that. Did did you remember when um they did the uh, tribute album for Lynn, the Straight Up record? Yeah, yeah, Straight Up. That's so underrated. You know, I've, I always heard that the Deftones were on tour or something that they were, they couldn't be on the the album because some kind of scheduling conflict. You know, I don't, I can't remember exactly why, but I don't know if I believe it, but okay. <laughs> but it's an amazing album regardless though it's highly underrated and I, I wish more people would talk about it and listen to it i actually interviewed Corey taylor um from slipknot and talked about that album and he goes Which dude, album? nobody Which ever album? talks about that album what album straight up the the, the, the oh, uh, yeah because you remember Corey yeah. was on there i do uh i know i had a copy of the album i don't remember anything being a standout track uh, I feel well, they like had, Serge, yeah. I feel like Serge was on it, but I could be mistaken. Sergio's on the hey. first song, the the opening song. Uh, hey, they hey, have yeah. they have Head PE on there, and then the last song they had a snot song that was unreleased, uh, Absent. I think that's what it's called. Well, apparently these were all snot songs 
without vocals. Yes, you're right. Yep. Good point. And fucking my buddy, the promoter I worked for for 15 years was like, his theory was that fucking, and I, I'm a big conspiracy nut, but his theory was Lynn was in his car with his dog, fucking saw the yellow light and said, fuck it. Like, he didn't give a shit because this record was tanking and, you know, borderline suicide. But really, I'm a conspiracy yeah, nut. That one. Yeah. 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 I just love that guy so much. He was, he was just such a cool fucker. I mean, that's why I say Steph's my favorite guy because A, he's the same guy since I met him. When I met him, he was always like, hey, can you give me a ride home? And then not offer to pay for gas. Huh? <laughs> hey, thank you. He was always a rock star. But Lynn was the opposite, where he was just super grateful, happy to be there, and, you know, just an overall cool motherfucker. I mean, shoulda, woulda, coulda. Who knows what they could have done. Man, man, they get, we got to end it with that, man. That is, that's phenomenal. Yeah. For real. Ming, thank you so much, man, for doing this. This means the world. Anytime, brother. I appreciate you. You're the best. Much respect to you and your family. I love you guys. You're the best. I love you, too. You're the best. Keep up the good work. And we'll talk soon. We'll talk soon. And I look forward to hearing your podcast, man. Yeah, we'll see if it happens. Sounds good. All right. Love you guys, man. Thanks again, brother. Love you. Peace. Peace.